This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Tonight. It's a toxic environment. Harry and Meghan after the Oprah tell-all. Rude and racist are not the same. The bombshells, the new burning questions. Doesn't the queen get to do what the queen wants to do? What you didn't see. It's nothing like what it looks like. Plus, how Meghan's royal life mirrored Princess Diana's. It's become abusive, and it's harassment. Then, ET's at the Critics' Choice Awards. A lot of people were saying, wait, does she have a British accent? The Crown's Gillian Anderson fires back at Alec Baldwin. Jason Sudeikis' message to ex-Olivia Wilde and the eight-year-old winner who stole the show. <laughs> I just cried. And we're on location in Flavortown with tonight's guest co-host, Guy Fieri. And E.T. starts now. Welcome, everybody. We're just about an hour outside of San Francisco, but we are right in the heart of Flavortown. You are just crossed the border, and you are now a resident. I love that. I voted for you for mayor. I like this. <laughs> yeah. And Tournament of Champions, by the way, is back. It is back. It's bigger, badder, and more outrageous than before. Oh, my gosh. As outrageous as the interview with Harry and Meghan last night, because that's what we're going to start with today. I'll tell you what, and Oprah had a lot to say about it. Let's talk about the jaw-dropping moment, the first one, about the color of the baby's yeah. skin. Hold up. There's a conversation it. with you. With Harry. About how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. And you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. 
Did you all have another conversation about it? Because mm -hmm. there's a big guessing game all around the world. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? He did not share the identity with me, but he wanted to make sure that if I had an opportunity to share it, that it was not his grandmother nor his grandfather that were a part of those conversations. It's opened up a Pandora's box, and there is something now of a witch hunt to find out which royal it is. It would point very glaringly towards Charles then. If it's Charles, if it's William, and that's a very big if, no one knows, it's pure speculation, which is the problem with that answer, then that has real repercussions for the monarchy. Charles is going to be the next king. After that, William. How do they respond then? Some very serious things have been said, and I think the palace really have no choice but to issue some sort of a comment. Meghan also suggested Archie was denied the title of prince because of his mixed race. Prince Harry's children were never in line to be princes or princesses. Still, what about the Queen's role? Couldn't she have stepped in before all this Megxit drama? Oprah asked about that in an unseen part of the sit-down that was newly released this morning. Doesn't the Queen get to do what the Queen wants it to do? No, when you're head of the firm, there is people around you that give you advice. I think what Harry was trying to get at was that he feels that the Queen is, is badly advised at times. If she really wanted to make it work, could she have made it work? The Queen made it very clear that there was no half in, half out approach to being a royal. You were either in or you were out. Megan in this interview put a lot of blame on the firm. There is an active role that the firm is playing. Okay, so explain to me, the firm is actually the queen, Prince Philip, Charles, Camilla, exactly. William. Yeah. Very simply, the firm is the family, okay? The institution is the establishment, it's the palace courtiers, it's, it's the people you so regularly hear referred to as the palace men in gray. Another Megan bombshell? The tabloid story about being a bridezilla who terrorized Kate Middleton to the point of tears. It was actually the other way around. Did you make Kate cry? No. The reverse happened. That was a turning point. A few days before the wedding, she was upset about flower girl dresses, and it made me cry, and it really hurt my feelings. She owned it, and she apologized, and she brought me flowers, and she did what I would do if I knew that I hurt someone. I'm not sharing that piece about Kate in any way to be disparaging to her. I would hope that she would have wanted that corrected. The interview has sent shockwaves around the world. In the U.S. alone, more than 17 million viewers tuned in to CBS last night. That interview from Harry and Meghan. Du prince Harry and de sa femme Meghan sont graves racisme. I think they've unleashed hell. Who did this interview help? The internet has been flooded with so many memes, and unsurprisingly, several U.K. tabloids have obliterated Meghan and Harry online. The Daily Mail's Piers Morgan calls the interview, quote, nauseating and a whine-a-thon. I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she says, Meghan Markle. Well, Harry and Meghan are very polarizing here in, in the UK, and uh, the tabloids, I think they're going to go after them so much more after this interview. My biggest concern was history repeating itself. And when I'm talking about history repeating itself, I'm talking about my, my mother. And Prince Harry says if it wasn't for his mother, the late Princess Diana, they wouldn't have been able to leave. My family literally cut me off financially, and I had to... Wait, hold, hold up, wait a minute. Your family cut you off? Yeah, in the first half, the first quarter of 2020. But I've got what my mum left me. 
And yeah. without that, we would not have been able to do this. How much did Diana leave to him? We believe that Harry's um, pot is now over 10 million pounds. Up until this point, Harry had had no need to dip into the money that his mother had left him because his father was financing his lifestyle. You know we're gonna have so much more on this coming up. Who were the biggest winners and losers in Harry and Meghan's tell-all? We'll reveal that in just a minute. And speaking of winners, the Royals were all over the Critics' Choice Awards. The Crown. Emma Corrin, The Crown. Gillian Anderson, The Crown. You did it, you won, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know, I'll take a bath. One week after The Crown swept the globes and it's Gillian's accent that still has everyone talking. You start to freak out. I think I know what you're guessing at. A lot of people were saying, wait, does she have a British accent? Alec Baldwin even tweeted about it. This actress had switched accents. I just wrote, oh, that's interesting. Cucumber? Cucumbers. I grew up between two countries and, and so depending on who's in my ear is which direction my accent goes. I've met Alec before and I've met it, you know. <laughs> he no. said he was gonna reach out to you about it. I, I haven't heard from him, it doesn't matter. I'm sad that it caused him so much distress. Another headline from last night's show. Jason Sudeikis! Hey. I wanna thank my kids, Otis and Daisy. I wanna thank their mom, Olivia. Double winner Jason not only thanked ex-Olivia Wilde, he also kept her close to his heart, wearing his second awards show hoodie. This is a hoodie from Crockett High School. That's the fictional school in Olivia's movie, Booksmart. And she congratulated Jason, tweeting, I hope this means we all keep wearing hoodies when the ceremonies are in person next year. You're a little overdressed for the beach, babe. I'm presenting. From Orlando and Katie to Kaylee Cuoco and Amanda Seyfried, there were fun fashion moments last night. It's a regal color, and I thought, yes, we this have a queen here. Color. This is my favorite color. And some emotional winner speeches, first from Chadwick Boseman's widow, Simone. His work deserves this. His work in this film deserves this. He deserves this. She wants to show up for him and, and honor his work and his legacy in this way. And then this tearful eight-year-old scene stealer. <laughs> Alan Kim Minari. <laughs> what was making you cry? I'm not sure if I actually had a reason to cry. I just cried. Was it overwhelming? Not really. <laughs> Who was there with you when you were giving your speech? My mom, my dad, my sister, and my dog. Another winner making it a family affair, Seth Meyers. Poke your head in. If your parents want to poke their heads in again, no one's going to complain about that. <laughs> Believe it or not, you don't have to ask twice. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was a good time last night. Listen, I'm not critiquing anything here today. No critics here, just fans. <laughs> We're going to talk. Hungry fans. That's right. We're going to talk a little bit with our guest co-host today about all the things that have been going on with you. I mean, you know we're in this pandemic. Right. Restaurants, of course, have been struggling. To a level that we've never, unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that you have also been really trying to help out and, and keep the ind food industry going. You've been doing a lot of fundraising, trying to keep people to work. Do you know how much that you've raised to date? It was 
just shy of 25 million. Is that why you decided to do Flavortown Kitchen? And by the way, tell everybody what Flavortown okay. Kitchen is. We were looking at this and we knew how many restaurants were not able to get all the business that they wanted in the in-house dining. We said, well, what, if, what about this? What if we put Flavortown, some of the greatest hits of the Guy Fieri menus, mm -hmm. and we came in and put that coincidentally with their menu, it keeps the kitchen teams working, yep. it keeps money coming in. So that became Flavortown Kitchen. We have, we're in over 25 states. Right. We have over 160 locations. So last night, Tournament of Champions 2 did premiere on Food Network. And then you introduced this randomizer to all of us. What is happening with that? So we give them a random protein, a random vegetable, a random piece of equipment, a random style of cooking, and a certain amount of time. Can we spin this one more time? I built the show specifically for my brothers and sisters that are crazy level culinary competitors. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, blank. You know, I couldn't be in Guy's home kitchen without whipping something up. His son Hunter joined as we cooked some Cajun chicken Alfredo. Come on, man. This is so good, but you know what? Now we gotta go check out and see what Trevor Noah's cooking up for the Grammys. It's a format that's never been seen before at the Grammys. Plus, a look at the long list of performers. Then, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. Megan's suicidal thoughts and how her life as a royal mirrored that of Princess Diana's. When no one listens to you, you try and hurt yourself. I didn't know who to even turn to in that. Because you were afraid of what you might do to yourself? Hey everyone, it's Kevin Frazier. We hope you're enjoying the ET podcast. Be sure to watch Entertainment Tonight every weeknight for all the latest entertainment news. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Guy Fieri's Ranch. Emmy winning Guy Fieri, might I add. You like that, right? Nice, I like that. Now, listen, it. you've won an Emmy, but would you ever want to host an award show? Absolutely, I would love to host a show if you would be my co host. Oh. We would be a team. Don't tip right? me with a good time, my man. <laughs> well, coming up on Sunday, Trevor Noah will be hosting the Grammys for the very first time. And he's only telling E.T. what's on the menu. <laughs> it's the first red carpet event where I don't have to wear pants. Oh, I do have to wear pants. What's different at the Grammys this year? Well, it won't be from inside Staples Center where it's usually held. Instead, it'll be several locations inside and outside the neighboring LA Convention Center. And there won't be a live audience, only nominees are invited to attend. There's gonna be musicians performing in ways that you've never seen them. We're going from one performance to the next. There's gonna be stages that are intricately designed to be socially distanced, but at the same time engaging with the people. There will be performances by nominees Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, and Harry Styles, to name a few. And we could see Best New Artist nominee Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B perform their duet. All of it will be done under strict COVID protection guidelines. So this is really the main reason for hosting the Grammys, is so that I can get COVID tests for free. This year, Beyonce leads the pack with nine nominations. Her performance at the 2017 award show has gone down as one of the greatest in Grammy history. One of my favorite moments was when Lizzo had her performance. That was electric. That mashup, it was Run DMC, remember that, with Aerosmith? That was phenomenal. I hope that this year, there is a moment that everybody talks about and it doesn't involve me falling downstairs. You are the intersection of Run DMC and Aerosmith, just so we're clear. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> All right, but you know what? We still have plenty to talk about when it comes to Harry and Meghan's bombshell tell-all. 
Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes, this was very, very clear. How Megan's words echo Princess Di's cries for help 25 years ago. You have so much pain inside yourself. Then, it's a go. Megan and Harry's new family photo today, plus the interview's biggest winners and losers. This could be the nail in the coffin. Is it a boy or is it a girl? It's a girl. You're gonna have a daughter. Done. Two is it? Done. Two is it. Well, one of the happier revelations from Harry and Meghan's tell-all is their little princess is due this summer. And we love this new family shot. Harry with his arms around his family, Archie resting in mama's arms, and a baby bump. It was tweeted by photographer Misan Harriman, the same person who shot their baby announcement photo to celebrate International Women's Day. But back to that royal interview, clearly there are many different ways to interpret what we learned about the royal family in that interview. Yep, and in the simplest terms, here are the biggest winners and losers. Did you blindside the queen? Did you make Kate cry? Who is having that conversation? Oprah took this opportunity to remind us she's the real queen of interviews. The two-hour tell-all was basically a masterclass in journalism. Lady O's interview strategy, listen, follow up, and then follow up again and again. You said that you love your brother and always will love your brother. You didn't tell me what the relationship is now, though. The relationship is space. And you gotta love Oprah's reactions to some of the couple's shocking revelations. She was pretty much all of us watching from home. What? 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 Meghan also came out a winner. The Duchess finally got to share her side of the story, but her father-in-law, Prince Charles, didn't fare as well. I had two conversations with my father um, before he stopped taking my calls. Harry says the future king iced him out. Charles has spent decades rehabbing his image after Diana and his affair with now-wife Camilla Parker Bowles. Meanwhile, Charles's brother, Prince Andrew, has emerged an unlikely winner. He still gets protection and funding from the monarchy, despite no longer being a working royal. He stepped down from public service over his association with Jeffrey Epstein. Prince Andrew has been forced into an early retirement by the royal family. People do feel that there are double standards. As for Prince William, he kind of loses here. Now seen as the big brother who didn't protect the spare heir and Meghan. Remember, William, Kate, and Harry were all advocates of the mental health charity, Heads Up. It doesn't sit well. And again, I think it's something that, that needs more answers. My father and my brother, they are trapped. And I have huge compassion for that. Of course, from their words to the tennis bracelet Meghan wore, it's clear Harry and Meghan are greatly influenced by Princess Diana. Meghan's emotional revelation that she struggled with suicidal thoughts mirrors what Di confessed to the world 25 years ago. I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening, constant thought. You'd wake up in the morning feeling you didn't want to get out of bed, uh, you felt misunderstood and um, just very, very low in yourself. I said that I've never felt this way before and I need to go somewhere. And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. 
In Diana's famous 1995 interview on the BBC's Panorama, she says she battled postpartum depression after the birth of Prince William. And just like Meghan, the princess said, the royal family did nothing to help her. Well, it gave everybody a wonderful new label. It's Diana's unstable and Diana's um, mentally imbalanced. And unfortunately, that seems to have stuck on and off over the years. So were you thinking of harming yourself? Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes, this was very, very clear. In Diana's case, she did harm herself. The princess battled bulimia. She would also cut herself. Yes, I did inflict upon myself. I didn't like myself. I was ashamed because I couldn't cope with the pressures. What did you actually do? Well, I just hurt my arms and my legs. I am concerned for my mental welfare. Well, maybe I was the first person ever to be in this family whoever had a depression or was ever openly tearful. One of the people that I reached out to who's continued to be a friend and confidant was one of um, my husband's mom's best friends, one of Diana's best friends. Because it's like, who else could understand what's, what it's actually like on the inside? Suffering and feeling trapped, Megan revealed she surrendered a lot of freedom when joining the firm. When I joined that family, that was the last time until we came here that I saw my passport, my driver's license, my keys, all that gets turned over. Her desperation was a far cry from the couple's engagement interview almost three and a half years ago, when a giggling, joyful Megan confessed she knew nothing about royal life. I'm from the States. You don't grow up with the same understanding of the royal family. I didn't know much about him. No. I've never looked up my husband online. I just didn't feel a need to because everything that I needed to know he was sharing with me, right? What do you think your mom would say about this stepping back, this decision to step back from the royal family? I think she would feel very angry with how this has panned out mm -hmm. and very sad. But ultimately, all she'd ever want is for us to be happy. But listen, all any parent wants is for their kids to be happy, right? That's it. Absolutely. All right, well, when we come back, we have so much more from Flavortown and our special guest co-host, Guy Fieri. And I've got just one more surprise for you. Oh. Hey everyone, it's Kevin Frazier. We hope you're enjoying the ET podcast. Be sure to watch Entertainment Tonight every weeknight for all the latest entertainment news. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. I've had a ball today, but unfortunately we are out of time because I cannot keep this guy out of the kitchen. What are you doing back there Wait a second. now? We, Goose, oh, we're cooking we. in the kitchen. Oh, are we We're making burgers. The... Flavortown Kitchen. For the whole crew? Let's go. This man, I tell you, he is the best. He really is. Please be sure to watch Tournament of Champions every Sunday on Food Network and give Flavortown Kitchen a try. Now, apparently, I got to go eat and go cook. You're on the buns. <laughs> I'm on the burgers buns. coming off hot. All right, here I come. If you like entertainment tonight, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. 
Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Darius. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 